Hey everybody, James Tiley and Johnny Fry over at uh, Digital Bytes with a Team Blockchain newsletter. E, uh, our friend who's been here plenty of times, I think at this point, Effie, she, uh, Effie Pillar, oh, I'm going to screw it up, aren't I? Pillarino. No, it's Pillar, Pillar, th- think Pillar, Pilarino, Pillar. Pilarino. Pilarino. Yeah. See, I could do it like Italian, Pilarino. Yes. Yeah. All right, yeah, great. New York Italian is coming out again, James. That's why yep. I destroy names. Yeah, but, but, you know, I do come from an island in Greece that is half Italian. It's uh, it's between Greece and Italy. And, and while Greece was under the Ottoman occupation for 400 years, we were under the Venetian and British occupation. So there it is. The link with you and Johnny. <laughs> well, you're right. The Italians and the Greeks are very have a lot of close knits to each other yes. even with the food yes yes and the, and the way they raise their kids and especially their sons and everything you know um they stay at home uh until they're 66 i think <laughs> oh, oh look, don't, look, don't wish on, that upon on. me whatever you do look, enough about this if we, we've got you got you on the show because we were fascinated you wrote an article um, talking about the incumbents embracing tokenization and different alliances are taking shape. And that's quite a mouthful. Um, but you, you come with some really interesting figures. Um, but before we get into it, do you mind just giving listeners a little bit of back um, background? Um, I know you've been on the show before. It'd be great to just get a little bit of background about um, your experience, because it is very interesting and very relevant. Um, and also, um, you know, what encouraged you to write this article? Yeah, I mean, I do come from uh, the traditional world of finance, the wholesale world of finance. I started my career at the tip of Manhattan um, in Seven World Trade Center, which was adjacent, obviously, to to the Twin Towers at Salman Brothers. And I've spent um, the first 10 years of my career in fixed income structured products, so that gives you an idea of the, the kind of background that I have. And, and I mentioned this because it's important. It links very much to this concept of tokenization that um, I, I think that at, at least at the institutional level, there is a buy-in at this point. Um, we all know that um, uh, BlackRock, Larry Fink, has has really come out and said that um, okay tokenization is uh, the future uh, and and uh, I guess he must be behind the scenes doing something about it but really that is the direction and there's different initiatives around the world and I'm very much interested in um, that um, topic because it is. Um, the the right direction for capital markets. We will be going there. Uh, how long it will take and in what shape or form, that's, I guess, the exciting part <laughs> of it. And, and uh, who will provide the structure? Who will um, be able to uh, take advantage of the business models that will come out of this? Because tokenization will mean uh, some type of um, definitely some uh, disintermediation 
with respect to the way capital markets work today. Okay, so if we can, can we can we just perhaps just stop there for a second? So we're talking. So BlackRock, many listeners will be aware of it. They're the biggest fund manager, US fund manager. They've got operations literally all over the world. They're the biggest fund manager in the world. So when the CEO stands up and starts talking about this thing, tokenization, then um, and we've already seen other examples of, um, you know, people like Alliance Bernstein and um, Franklin Templeton and a, a number of other companies talking about what do they mean by tokenization? Because it wasn't that long ago. It was only in the 50s that we saw, if you like, funds being unitized. And we saw the creation of mutual funds, unit trusts in this country, CCAVs um, on the continent. What's the big deal about tokenization then? Well, the big deal uh, about tokenization from for the, from the business perspective, meaning mm-hmm. you know, for all the professionals that are creating these financial instruments uh, and processing them and managing them, it probably they are more interested in the operational efficiencies that, that come out of this. But on the other hand, on the other end, there's other valuable um, uh, results or, or side effects, if you want. Uh, we will have more transparency, which is much better for regulatory purposes. Yep. We, we can have more democratization, so more access to capital markets because it will be economically viable to put together a deal that's smaller um, uh, than before. Right now, there are many private deals that it just doesn't make any economic sense to offer them in smaller sizes. Even, I mean, today, you know, if you want to buy a bond, if you and I want to buy a bond, a corporate bond, I mean, we can't buy a corporate bond for, you know, $500, um, you know, and I'm not talking about something very sort of exotic. And and all this has to do with operational efficiencies. Well, uh, and if you're going back to your fixed interest experience, likewise, if if we wanted to issue a bond, you know, typically you're not, a corporates aren't going to issue a bond unless it's what, $7,500 million? Whereas exactly. if it's more efficient and cheaper than uh, medium-sized companies, we may well see bond issuance coming out at sort of, you know, 20, 25 million. So it enables those companies to have access to capital markets as well. So a democratization, as you already mentioned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, loans, you, you know, if loans are tokenized. Then, then, then we're talking about, you know, a much more um, transparent and it will be much easier to create secondary markets for these types of financial instruments. Um, so, yeah, it's it just opens up a whole new world. Okay, so if that's tokenization, what, what evidence is there of this? You're saying that alliances are taking place. Are these are these um, what existing players, ex- traditional um, financial institutions? Normally, they compete head on, and the last thing they want to do is. Is, is give away their, their secret source and give away any distribution or capabilities. They normally go it alone. But there does seem to be some evidence that they're now actually trying to work together, doesn't there? Exactly. You see uh, alliances, uh, uh, whatever you want to call them, in the form of networks where basically they're getting together to design infrastructure that they that will enable them 
to tokenize different assets and and you know get together and understand this technology so uh <laughs> why are they not competing it, because obviously this space is not an easy space it, mm-hmm. to change the infrastructure uh, whether it's for payments or capital markets it's really a tough um um initiative if you want a tough uh, goal because um, as they say you know it's very difficult to change tires when the car is moving so how are you <laughs> going to change you know think of uh, let's think of the stock market or or you know the futures market or the bond market that we mentioned before how do you change or funds mutual funds and so mm-hmm. on how, how are you going to be able to change all that infrastructure you really need to to get all the entities on board uh and and that's not easy so uh, it does make sense to form alliances to start um creating clusters if you want that are using this new technology and slowly and gradually it gets uh, adopted now what is interesting in all this process is that most of the alliances that are formed are incumbents so existing big financial institutions which means that they are realizing that that's where we are going they don't know how to go about it so they get together and they try to share um infrastructure pilots and and you know they are really um what you would call like r&d labs uh, collaborative or cooperative r&d labs but it's important to understand that they're mostly focused on using blockchain um in a permissioned fashion while where the innovation is really happening is with public blockchains layer 1 and layer 2 public blockchains and defi but um you know that that's the way they're they're approaching it okay so these but these permissioned blockchains or otherwise referred to sort of using distributed ledger technology this means that the there may be a, just a, a handful of people that have more control and influence over the 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 platform the data the information as opposed to a public blockchain you know something like ethereum or bitcoin whereby there's potentially thousands of parties no one it, they are very decentralized so it's sort of almost decentralized but but not totally decentralized is, is would that be a fair little summary i would say yeah i wouldn't use the word decentralized i would use that they're permissionless whereas right. uh, in 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 the case of these consortiums if you want or or mm-hmm. networks uh, you have to be i guess a, a, an authorized participant in the network in order to engage in the network um right. so so it's it's not a, a permissionless open network it's much like you know the internet versus some um ecosystem like uh, facebook or or you know Sorry. google uh, or whatever you need to have some permission to engage and there's different tiers of um of permission 
And, and presumably that would give regulators a bit more comfort because it's it's not, as you say, it's not decentralised. There is a, there's almost like, um, there's some barriers to entry, there's some gates, there's there's some controls because it's, it can be very difficult for regulators, almost everywhere in the world, to go from a situation whereby it's almost been a command control structure where, um, well, more and more we've seen um, individuals personally being fined or potentially going to prison um, and that's a very controlled, centralised structure. If you do something wrong, you personally are going to pay as a, as a director or senior manager in a company um, that's regulated to a situation whereby, oh, it's it's totally decentralised. You know, I know there's been a lot of chat about decentralised autonomous organisations, DAOs, but where are they based? What what regulations are they conforming to? Who who's making these decisions? It's that's a that's a big leap for for regulators to to go and embrace that type of structure day one, isn't it? It is, it is completely, it is. We are talking here about a, a peer-to-peer network where anybody could enter um, if you're talking about the permissionless and, and that's really tough, especially in, in financial services. So, right. so, you know, starting from these um, established entities that are already players in in um, uh, the securities market, we're talking here um, in some way or fashion. They can be a bank, they can be a custodian, uh, a stock exchange, some tech company that is involved in the processes of of managing um, uh, securities. Uh, we, we can be talking about companies that lend securities in the traditional trade and so on. So these are the type of entities that are in these networks that are um, testing how to operate, as you said, with a, a distributed ledger technology, which uh, can enable them to to process um, financial transactions in this different way. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. And, and if you, where, where do you, how long is this going to take? You know, when are we going to be, um, you know, do, do, do we ask you to come back in, in six months, in 18 months, in 10 years? Well, what's, your, what's your hunch? Because you've got some great experience. You know, you've, you've worked in the States um, for a number of years. You're now based um, with, with the Zurich Gnomes. Um, and you know the, the Swiss have been very progressive. With this is there a real momentum where we're going to see some some quite fundamental changes? Do you think over the next couple of years, or is it going to be a bit longer than that? I think the next couple of years for sure. I mean, here in Switzerland, uh, as 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 you know, we do have the first um, um, digital exchange where yeah. uh, small businesses, any business can um, uh, list shares. So basically you're tokenizing the equity of your company. You and I could do that. And that's a start. Uh, uh, so so there is a custodian for this at the exchange. And uh, there are processes there to uh, trade these. Of course, you know, the, the technology is there. It doesn't mean that we have liquidity, but both the technology and the regulatory framework exist here. Um, and and um, I think, you know, between Switzerland and Singapore, we will be seeing more of this. 
um, we, we we are already seeing uh, scattered, isolated businesses that are tokenizing existing financial instruments like hedge funds and and private equity funds yeah. and so on, or what you you referred to before, Franklin Templeton tokenized the money market fund. Yeah. So so those types of scattered innovations are are the usual way and that, and that's that's what's happening and yeah. there there will be one or two jurisdictions that are ahead because mainly of not only the technology but the regulatory uh, clarity and and we'll go from there and also let's not forget Johnny that uh, the traditional markets in the US uh, and in Europe want to go to T plus zero, yes. right? And that is like, okay, how do you do that in the traditional, with the traditional infrastructure? That's asking too much <laughs> from well, the- it is, well, it was interesting, the US firm Calstone, who did a lot of fund administration, they did a survey um, recently and they, they claimed that 60% of fund managers were still using faxes and yes. you know, in a mutual fund, you got T plus. Oh, how long you got? Two, three, four, maybe ten days. Yes. Um, yes. Whereas T uh, T zero, sorry, listeners, is is basically I do a trade today and I'm expected to pay for it. Yeah, or and not only that. Uh, I mean, I, I as as a, an investor, as a an individual, you know, when you you sell your mutual fund, you don't know what, at what price you're selling it, right? Yeah. You're going to be told the price. When it settles, like, yes. I mean, we, we are living in a world that has all these contradictions. Um, it, it's the same world I was reading, I think, yesterday that Robin Hood uh, is going to um, offer for certain stocks like Apple and Tesla and so on, yes. trading 24-7. Yes. Um, so, so you, that that's that's where we're going, but we really don't have the infrastructure to support this, and it's it's risky and costly mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day. Um, James, so, any 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 thoughts? I I know that unfortunately the clock is ticking. But any thoughts, ideas you, you that spring to mind with every night talking like this? The only thing I was thinking about was I heard you guys talking about. The big banks, BNY, State Street, JP Morgan. And, you know, I can't go out and get that $7 billion bond. So how do you envision real high level, I guess, this affecting the regular guy like me? You mean the tokenization? How will that affect? uh, Yeah, these uh, enhancements that these banks are doing. And you said they're more transparently kind of working hand in hand. Does this make the rich richer or does this help me out? Well, I mean, the rich richer is is another big discussion because it's it's about um, uh, who will um, sort of take advantage or design the business model that is suitable for this world and therefore take advantage of this. Um, and I don't know the answer. We don't know the answer. But in terms of of the end user, tokenization is definitely going to um, reduce the cost of investing. It's going to allow more diversification. 
for you and me. Right now, you know, you can invest in, in real estate in two ways mainly. It's, you know, the physical, you, you, you buy real estate and that, you know, is limited in your portfolio and you can go into funds or, or wrappers like REITs. So tokenization is going to allow us to create much better wrappers like REITs, um, much more personalized wrappers. Much uh, more transparent. Much more transparent, much more customized. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that will be uh, with, uh, with our investments, with our cash flow management, there will be much less frictions in terms of uh, managing our financial assets. And right now, uh, it, it's, it's quite difficult for uh, individuals to, to manage their, their financial assets. And, and James, if I may, I, I actually think for the first time for a while, it's actually a win-win for both the very wealthy who currently have access and control these assets and smaller investors. And the reason I think that is the case is that smaller investors will bring um, this thing called liquidity. They'll bring lots of $500, £1,000, €2,000 to the table, and that will give liquidity, which will mean that larger investors will then know that they're not locked into an investment or a fund for three, five, seven, ten years, which a lot of these funds typically are, because there'll be a, if like a pool of smaller investors that will be able to participate. And I think a good example of that is what we've seen in America with KKR, where they, for the first time, um, they are now going to allow access to their private equity funds to non-institutions because they're going to digitize one of their private equity funds. So it's good news for existing holders of that fund because it means that um, potentially there's some liquidity, uh, i.e. you can get out if you want to. And it's great news for um, smaller investors because they can now get exposure to that fund, which really was only the pres- – well, you couldn't do it unless you were an institution. So it, it, we could well see a win-win. Yeah, and a, a similar example, Johnny, is with Partners Group here, the private equity firm, you know, based out of Switzerland. They're, they're also very big, and they have tokenized through ADEX, a Singapore um, a company, fintech company that's that's regulated by the Monetary Authority of Singapore, um, and they have tokenized uh, their uh, private um, equity fund, the, most, the biggest one. So you and I can go and buy that with a minimum of ten thousand um, dollars uh, and and before it would only be a minimum of a million so completely out of uh, the range of of you know ninety eight percent of people because even if you had a million you wouldn't put it in one fund right you would want to diversify so it, it it's benefiting you know even, uh, high net worth individuals that can diversify much better their existing portfolios, institutionals, and retail. And also the other aspect is think of, of small business owners and small businesses that we all know in most economies are the biggest part of the economy. They will be able to benefit from tokenization because they will be able to tokenize their equity of their business. They have a business with, you know, five people or 50 people or 200 people. I'm talking 
businesses of that size and they will be able to um, easily, much easier and transparently than today, uh, offer shares and sell their business or sell equity in their business. Today, all these markets are very opaque and, and uh, really non-existent. Okay, brilliant, Effie. Thank you very much. How's the best way for people to get hold of you on, on LinkedIn? LinkedIn is is where is the best um, to to get hold of me. And uh, you know, I write every week uh, a blog and I share it uh, on on LinkedIn. I write it on Medium, and I have a YouTube channel. And um, I do interviews or I talk about insights. Uh, and you can find me with my name, E-F-I-P-L-A-R-I-N-O-M. And that's P-Y-L-A-R-I-N-O-U. Correct. Fantastic. Effie, thank you very much. James, thank you um, thank again you. this week. And um, we'll be back on the air next week with another edition of the Digital Bike Show. But um, meanwhile, thank you for listening. And if you would like a copy of Effie's article, then obviously you can con contact James Tiley at cyber.fm or myself, Johnny Fry. Um, just go on the teamblockchain.net website and um, there'll be a link there to Digital Bytes Substack and you can download Effie's article.